everybody, this is Townsend. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, and mental health advocate, and I started the You're Not Alone project and podcast to help educate, spread awareness, and simply help you feel a little less alone, no matter what you're going through. Thank you so much for tuning in to Season 2 of You're Not Alone with Townsend. Be sure to click the follow button and share these stories. You can also watch the interviews on our YouTube under Townsend T Music. You can also keep up with the journey if you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Townsend T Music. Every like, follow, and share helps us continue to change lives. What is up, everybody? Welcome to You're Not Alone with Townsend. This episode I'm extremely excited about. So I wanted to have Gabrielle on because basically she goes on and she talks about how she's overcome all of these things that have worked against her. And I feel like we have all been in that situation. Now, I don't know, Gabrielle, the world kind of shit on you, but like, I feel like, <laughs> like to put it in layman terms, you kind of got dealt a terrible card, but I love it because you're showing that we can come out on the other end and that we could be okay and we could be better than okay. And honestly, when you get to be an adult, you realize life just kind of sucks sometimes. Yeah, I think that it, the more you can shift your perspective and look at things that come into your life as an opportunity to have this beautiful new beginning, it really helps with some of the shit show that that takes place because yeah, like, like we're here for quite a while and you know, it's inevitable that some stuff is going to go down and it's about how we handle it. Yeah, absolutely. And I love it. I feel like you handle it with such grace and you're funny. I think my favorite thing today on your social media, you posted something about like, like calling out the stereotypical guy that like tries to put you down for basically living your life. And I'm like, go girl. Like, I love it. (laughs) Just call them out. I love it so much. You know, I have a lot of of men on my social media platforms that, you know, are probably living in their mother's basements and very unhappy with themselves and that get really triggered by the content that I put out. So I just decided to make it a series of taking their comments and replying to them so people can see kind of the bottom of the barrel of what, what to not aspire to be. (laughs) Don't be like this guy. Okay, let's not. I will I will never understand. I know there are people, there are trolls out there, but I love like I get a high off watching people succeed. Right. So I just don't understand. I guess if you're miserable, misery loves company. Yeah, that's right. And I think there's like I'm like you. I love seeing people succeed. And like there's enough room for everybody to do that and to celebrate everyone doing that. Exactly. Somebody told me a long time ago, and it has been so beneficial for me. There's enough pie for everyone to get a piece. You don't have to That's steal so the true. whole thing. Yeah. And if like you need to make another one, you know. That's it. Like there's, just bake another one. pie ingredients. Jim in the basement. You ain't got to be salty about it. Okay. <laughs> just bake another pie. Like that's right, girl. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. So Gabrielle, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but just as an introduction for everybody, she's got a podcast. She's a social media influencer. She's an author. Um, and she's got an amazing story that I just hope my listeners hear. The goal of it is to help people feel a little bit less alone. So every week we touch on something that I feel like is important for people to hear. And I feel like your journey is important. And I love it. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Who the heck is Gab Gabrielle? Why have you gotten so much fame lately? 
Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, hi, my name is Gabrielle. Um, I was an actor. Well, I am an actress, but I was living as an actress and director in Los Angeles. And that was my set career journey that I had chosen. And it kind of all changed when my personal life uh, took a, let's call it deep dive down the toilet. Um, <laughs> I was married for almost two years. And I found out my husband was having an affair with a 19-year-old for six months, among a myriad of other extramarital affairs and weird stuff that I uncovered. Um, and I filed for divorce, left. Shortly after that, I met a man who's a pretty well-known Hollywood actor. And we fell madly in love with each other and had this whirlwind romance that was like, meet my family. I'm going to have babies with this person, like signed, sealed, delivered. And he invited me on a month-long trip to Italy with him. 48 hours before we were getting on the plane, he told me he needed to go by himself and broke up with me. And I was absolutely devastated. This man broke my heart like my ex-husband never could have done. And in that moment, I had a decision to make. And that was either stay at home heartbroken or go travel Europe for a month by myself. And my bag was packed. So I took my backpack and did six countries over the span of a month. And I wrote the book Eat, Pray, FML. Yes queen yes <laughs> um i am cringing at the thought of all those things like what so when it was like my life had become like a weird mix of a horror sitcom like i was just like all right like there's got to be some big pots of gold at the end of yeah. whatever i'm going through right now <laughs> it's like you're it's literally like you're on the set of the bold and the beautiful like everyone's with They're everyone right. else and you're like really are y'all what is who's sleeping with who today what's happening that's that's so accurate um it was like living a soap opera and <laughs> It was not that fun going through it, but I knew that whatever the outcome of this like crazy journey was going to be, was going to be not only really powerful for me and healing for me, but if I could write that to share it with the world, it would probably reach and heal a lot of other people as well. Man, that is so cool. So you've been super open about your story and your journey through relationships and life through social media and even the book that you talked about. So give us a little bit of a summary, like for people that don't know you at all. So how long were you married to the first guy? Um, so we were together for five years. He proposed after eight months, which was like very quick at the, yeah. the younger age we were. Um, I think I was 23 when he proposed. Um, and then we were engaged for two years and then married for two years. So together Gracious. for five in total. I gotta know, where did the child, we're just going to call her that, the child bride, where did she even come from? Like, what? Um, did you, you know, know her personally? Cause that's just going to be, no, I didn't. Okay. No, I didn't. But through the grapevine, um, I've heard that they, they met at the gym, but to be honest, like, and I've, you know, usually those triggered men on, on TikTok or, you know, women that have been the other woman, um, yeah. in scenarios like this will comment and be like, why do you bring up that she's 19? Why does that matter? And it's not the age difference because my fiance and I now are 15 years apart. It has nothing to do with the age difference. It's the age she was when he started pursuing her. Um, she was 18. The, yes, that's technically a teenager. That's technically an adult. But like, it's still got the word teen in it. Like, you know, it's very easy to manipulate someone who is 18, 19, 20. 
um, that's in that vulnerable state where they're still trying to find themselves. Um, and he more or less groomed her, um, into being a very, in, in a very toxic and unfortunate situation. And I feel very thankful and lucky, um, to have like gotten out of that when I did. So I'm very thankful to her for that. Absolutely. Better late than never, I suppose. Um, so what, yeah, yeah. Just never knowing and finding out like 30 years later that you wasted all that time. I want to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to these conversations. It truly means so much. We've changed so many lives for the better, and we want to continue doing so throughout 2023. This project is made possible by sponsors and patrons. So if you'd like to help keep the You're Not Alone project going and hearing these amazing stories, we would love for you to join the family at patreon.com slash Townsend T Music. Just for signing up, you'll get free merch, discounts, and behind-the-scenes patron-only footage, not only of my music, but of each episode. That's right, so each guest on every episode answers a few more questions that only patrons will be able to watch and listen to. So head on over to patreon.com slash Townsend T Music, and let's continue changing lives. I am super curious about your journey through the different country. Did you go, did you get on the plane and were you like, okay, I'm going to soak this in and learn as much as I can? Or did you hop on the plane like pissed and bitter and like not really enjoy the trip? I would love to know how you changed your mindset so quickly if you were able to go and enjoy. Um, I did enjoy, but I also was definitely heartbroken and definitely yeah. healing. So there were days where I was at, you know, as people are reading the book, there were days where I was at home crying and writing. Um, and there were days that I was out partying and meeting new people and having new experiences. Um, but I was terrified. I I'm very type a, I plan everything. I had no plans. I didn't know what countries I was going to, where I was wow. staying, like, Every time I would arrive in a country, that's when I would pick the next place I was going to go to. Um, so it was very kind of solo travel last minute, which is so not my personality. Um, but it was very life-changing for me to be forced to be in the moment in that way. And solo travel is so special. It has a way of making you realize how capable you are um, and really allowing yourself to have that time to meet yourself in a much different way than you ever have in the past. Um, and it was really imperative that I was on that trip alone for my own personal healing journey. I love that. That is amazing. I couldn't imagine. I'm also, you know, I feel like I'm laid back, but I also have that type A where everything has to be perfectly planned. And so I could not imagine hopping on a plane and being like, I don't know what the future holds, but here we go. I'm pretty sure I would find my way out of the plane window. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was definitely terrifying for me. The only thing I knew about hostels was that there was a horror movie about them <laughs> and people get brutally murdered in that yeah. movie. The only thing that goes um, through my mind is so like, it was, Taken. it was definitely scary. Yeah. Yeah. The movie yeah, Taken. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Good night. Okay. So looking back on the toxic relationships, this seems to be something that my listeners bring up all the time. So narcissism and toxicity relationships what are some red flags you wish you would have seen that you know now or like, duh, I should have seen that? Um, well, I think for the relationship with my ex-husband, he was never okay with my career as an actress. He was wildly jealous. Um, he never wanted me to hang out with any male co-stars if I was away on set. 
Um, if I had a kissing scene, forget about it. Like it was hell to pay. Um, and I think I normalized that by, you know, it's not that easy of a career to deal with and we'll go to therapy and we'll work through it. But it was the beginning of him being very possessive and controlling. Um, you know, he would make comments like, well, if you want to keep acting, then you're going to have to pay your half of rent and your half of the bills. But if you want to be a stay at home wife, like I'll take care of everything, which is like the early stages of him trying to financially control me, um, which is terrifying to look back on and be like, oh, my God, this was the start of like a narcissistic abusive relationship um, with my ex after that, who dumped me before the Europe trip in the book. His name is Javier. Um, I think there's love bombing scenarios that happen in two different types of ways. Um, there's the love bomb that comes from a narcissist that is like showering you with gifts and like attention and really like is trying to get you to fully involve yourself with them to then be able to manipulate you. And then there's the love bomb that comes from someone who's broken. And I think that's where I found myself with Javier who had a void within himself that he was so desperately trying to fix um, to make himself feel better. And when he fell in love with me, that started to happen. And he was like, oh, I feel so good around this person. Like I want more of them and more of them. And like, let's go to Europe and meet my family and let's do all these things. And then eventually, like in any scenario, he realized that that void wasn't going to be filled up by someone else other than him because no one can do that for you other than you. Um, so when he came to that realization, it was like, oh, never mind. I gotta, I gotta go fix some stuff. And for me, it was like being left at the height of the honeymoon stage. Um, so I think for that specific relationship, the red flags were how quickly everything went, um, and how intensely it went from zero to 100 right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's, it's a, you almost want to feel sorry for the guy because it's like, wait, oh, totally. I and I think, a, I think a lot of people do, you know, obviously like there were reasons that he made that decision to feel like he had to go by himself. Um, there are reasons that I, you know, resonated with in ways and, and felt sympathy towards. So it was this very strange dichotomy for me of being like uh, the black and white facts were like, I had just been blindsided in this divorce. And then you had me fall in love with you, invited me on this trip and then dumped me two days before we're walking on a plane. Like you're an asshole. But on the flip side of that, like you're going through all this stuff that I, you know, have been through in the past. And like, so I, I wanted to like protect him at the same time. Yeah. Goodness gracious. That's uh that's pretty wild. That's hard to know. Yeah. If I would slash all four of his tires or go back for him. I'm not sure. I'm still on the fence about that one. So you're big on healing and you're even like step-by-step -step journaling. You have like a journal that people can buy and use, which I love, but what does self-care look like for you? So when I went on this trip, my big thing was like, I have to learn how to love myself. Like everybody kept telling me, you know, that's the age old thing that you hear. You have to love yourself before you love someone else. Loving yourself is the most important thing. And I'm like, okay, cool guys. I get it. Can anyone tell me how to do that? Yeah. But like and how? I, Thanks. Right. Nobody was like, oh yeah, this is how you, you love yourself. Um, and we always think it's like some weird thing where we look in the mirror and we're like, I love you, Gabrielle. But like, <laughs> I feel so like- pretty. I feel freaking crazy whenever I do that. If you can do it, more power to you. But I was like, there's got, this ain't it. There's got to be more. So I was on this like quest on this Europe trip to figure out how the hell to do this. Cause I knew that was like the key to so many things in my life. And I can't say I discovered it on that trip. 
Um, I discovered it short after when I came back and fell into a really big depression and had to pull myself out of that depression, which is why it's written as the epilogue in Eat, Pray, FML. But it's called the self-love cocktail because obviously like we got to equate it to wine or a cocktail or something fun. And it's really simple. You sit down and you write out all the things that you can do that are in your control that make you feel good, that make your soul happy. So for me, that list was creating, meditating, dancing, writing, going to the gym, eating healthy, things that like I could do day to day that nobody else needed. I didn't need anybody else to like help me complete these tasks. And I put that list on my mirror and I was like, all right, you're going to give yourself at least one of these things every single day. And I did that for a couple of weeks. And then I was like, all right, let's go to two things a day. And I would start adding in these things. And before I knew it, I was feeling so much better. And it's because I was loving myself. And when I realized that loving yourself is as simple as giving your soul the things it loves, it was a complete game changer for me. Because now I had a checklist of things that I could actively give myself that were going to be acts of self-love. Like when we're in any type of relationship, significant other or... um like a brother, sister, mother, daughter, friendship, like, and we want that person to experience love, we do things that we know make them experience love. So when we're talking about self-love, why would we not do those things for ourselves? Right. It's so crazy how, like, when you get too narrowed in on picture, you just don't see it. But when you're forced to look back and be like, oh yeah, duh, like love myself, duh. Yeah. Right. You know, like hearing you say that, I'm like, that's a great idea. Like, why aren't we born innately knowing how to love ourselves? That's crazy. I know. Well, I think we might be born, but we life tends to like bat us over the head and we forget how to love ourselves. And then we just get in bad habits and stop doing it. (laughs) Yeah. We start self-pleasing and all those annoying little things. I love that. I love that. I make make me a list on my mirror today because I like that a lot. Okay, so you've been through a lot and you've given us a summary of all of these. What do you feel like has been the most challenging obstacle that you've had to deal with? Mm. You know, I've talked about this a little bit on my podcast and I think it's a hot topic, but I feel okay to speak on it because I've been through all of the above that I'm about to list. The heartbreak that I dealt getting over with Javier was probably in my eyes, the most difficult thing I've experienced. Um, And I've dealt with my father dying and my high school sweetheart dying in a car accident. Um, There's a difference when someone is physically gone from this plane. And that's like the grief that you're having to deal with to rectify the fact that they're no longer here and let them go versus someone who is still here, but has like, chosen not to be with you, there's still a lot of grief that comes up, the same type of grief that you deal with when there's a death in your life. Um, You're grieving that relationship. You're grieving someone who is still alive. It's a very weird thing to experience. And I think when you're at a vulnerable place and you get your heart broken, that can sometimes be one of the most difficult things to get over and pull yourself out of. I'm sure that answer will change for me in the future. Um, Absolutely. You know, but um, looking back on it, I feel like 
that was probably, and not, not because of him. It wasn't because of like the person who broke my heart. It was because of where I was at mentally going into that relationship, like how much I needed the, the catalyst of that big healing journey, like how compacted it all was. Like it was, you know, getting like the height of the honeymoon stage, having that ripped out from under me, going on this crazy whirlwind trip and then coming home and everything just stopped. And it was like, I got off the carousel and was like, okay, what now? Um, so getting over that and getting through that healing was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. That's, I just feel like I need to pat you on the back or like give you a really big hug or something. So thanks. From a, I'll take yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a real big, like virtual hug. So I'm from the South. I'm from Arkansas in case you can't hear the cornbread and my accent. And I in, can. my family, I have family in Tennessee and it's everything no I can do when I hear a Southern accent, not to start adopting it. So I'm trying really hard right now. <laughs> She's like, yeah. And y'all, my favorite obstacle was. <laughs> Yeah. So in the South, we're like really big huggers. My family doesn't meet a stranger. So next time you're in town, just swing by, you'll get these long, like embraced hugs from strangers and it'll make you feel better. So. Oh, I love that. That's great. <laughs> okay. So what helps you manage the bad days? Like I know we talked about having that list up there and just learning to love yourself, but what are the little that, like, what advice would you give for people maybe in that dark, dark time that you were in and like, what helps those bad days when it just pops back up? Yeah. I think first and foremost, it's zooming out a little bit. And even though it's so intense when you're in it to kind of take a step back and give yourself some perspective and be like, okay, first of all, I've made it through every hard thing I've ever been dealt with. So this is eventually not going to feel this bad. Um, as shitty as I feel now, it's eventually not going to hurt like this, A. B, no matter how dark and horrible it is, I promise you there is a light at the end of the tunnel, even if you cannot see it right now, and it is more beautiful than you could ever imagine. So whatever you have to do, just keep going. And then lastly, like give yourself some grace. You know, if you need to drink a bottle of wine and eat some ice cream and watch a shitty reality TV show, not that I'm speaking from experience with that specific example, um, that's fine. Give yourself that, you know, like, and then the next day, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and start doing some self-love cocktail ingredients. Like give yourself some grace and know that you are going to get through it um, and that it's going to be okay. Love that, love that. All right. So I think we kind of touched on giving advice to people. Where can people find you? So I know we kind of talked about your book. What is the, the name of your book again for people that may want to look more into your story? Yeah. So the first book, um, which is the divorce and the love affair and the Europe trip is called Eat, Pray, FML. And then the sequel to that, which is everything that happened after I came home from Europe, is called The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. They're both exclusively available on Amazon, or you can get them signed by me on my website, which is eatprayfml.com. I love that. That is awesome. Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining us. I Like I said, I had to have you on because I feel like your advice and the way that you just went through all of these trials that you were giving and just like showed them who was boss. I love that. I love that we can tell people there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And so thank you for doing that. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me and allowing me to share my story with your listeners. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Everybody have a great evening and we will catch you next week.
If you'd like to hear the rest of this interview, visit patreon.com slash townsandteammusic. And don't forget, you can also watch the interviews on our YouTube channel at Townsend Team Music YouTube. Okay, guys, if you're in the market to buy or sell, I have the perfect company for you. Clark & Co. Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area. But they're able to serve you no matter where you're located in the state. They've streamlined the process of buying or selling a home to make it so much easier. They have a team of industry experts that make sure you have access from anything you can think of. I'm talking from local home inspectors to painters to gardeners and so much more just to provide you with the best service possible. They're dedicated to providing the most up-to-date market data in the area. And I think the coolest part is if you go on their website, you can use their easy-to-use fast property search. You can even create a custom market report to see what's active, under contract, and sold in your neighborhood. Their team is made up of caring, knowledgeable professionals that work around the clock to help you with the process of buying and selling your home. So again, if you're in the market to buy or sell, Clark & Co. Realty is definitely the company for you. Tell them Townsend sent you. Let's be honest. I think we could all use somebody to talk to every now and then. Healing Path Counseling in Conway, Arkansas is 100% my go-to when it comes to therapy. Wendy Blackwood has more credentials than letters in the alphabet. She's won awards for her outstanding services and has a whole page of board memberships. Basically, she knows what she's doing. She works hard to help equip you with the tools needed to live your best life. She even offers a variety of services including, but not limited to, cognitive behavioral therapy, technology-assisted counseling, relationship counseling, and EMDR. Trust me, I know therapy can be intimidating at first, but let me assure you, Wendy does her best to make you comfortable and find the best solutions and plans for you. Trust me, don't wait to make the call. Give Wendy Blackwood at Healing Path Counseling a call today. Get started on the best version of you.